welcome to the Hotkey Podcast. My name is Isabel Taylor and I am your host. And today I'm so thrilled to be handing you over to our wonderful Hotkey ambassadors, who will be telling you a little bit about themselves and where to find them before conducting a Holly Black, The Cruel Prince book club chat. Our audiobook this month is none other than the very exciting How the King of Elfheim Learned to Hate Stories by Holly Black. And I'm honestly so thrilled for you all to listen to this excerpt because it is beyond words and we are all fully obsessed. First up, we have our 10 ambassadors. Now, we did ask them all to tell us an interesting fact about themselves, what their favourite book is, and what's next on their TBR. We didn't, however, ask them to say Raybearer, but honestly, I am so glad that so many of them did, because it gives me a great excuse to talk about how great it is. Go and pick it up ASAP if you're a fan of Children of Blood and Bone. I can't wait for book two to come out, and in my opinion, everyone should read this book yesterday. So here they are, introducing the Hockey Ambassadors. Hi everyone, I'm Erica, otherwise known as Andonchi Reads. I love reading, but I also love languages in general. I've taught myself everything possible about ancient Egypt, and this includes learning how to read and write hieroglyphs. I even have a tattoo on my wrist in the language, which is correctly translated, I promise, as powerful woman. I've read a lot of fantasy this year, and I fell in love with the series A Court of Thorns and Roses. The second book, A Court of Mist and Fury, is probably one of my favourite books ever, just in the way it's constructed and the dynamics it contains. The characters of Feyre and Rhysand are absolutely wonderful both together and separately, and I love the way that Rhys helps Feyre to grow to match her own expectations, not anyone else's. That's what friends and lovers should do. The next book on my to-be-read pile is Raybearer, and I can't wait to get stuck in, but it's also so beautiful that I'm nervous about accidentally cracking the spine. It will be read very, very carefully. Hi everyone, I'm Olivia. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at That Fiction Life, where I discuss and recommend books, films and TV series. My favourite book is The Wicked King by Holly Black, as for the first time I encountered such a morally ambiguous cast of characters, their dark upbringings, in short, an almost diabolical and chaotic prose, which coupled with the epic plot twists, makes this an addictive read. This is also why Jude, the protagonist, is my favourite character, as her constant struggle with distinguishing right from wrong was a thrill to discover. I listen to audiobooks when I work out, which usually elicits a look of polite judgement, but I suspect that this is the right crowd to share this fact with. Why wouldn't you want to be lifting weights or running while the narrator is explaining why a 200-year-old paranormal creature fell in love with a human? Next on my TBR is Ray Vera by Jordan Ifueko, because as you may have already gathered, my favourite genre is fantasy, especially when it comes to deadly deals and complex characters. It follows Tarise, who is sent to the capital to compete to become a part of the Crown Prince's Council, but she is sent there with ulterior motives, as her actual command is to kill the prince once she gains his trust. I'm already so intrigued and cannot wait to read it. My name is Patricia Lopez and you can find me at What Makes Patri. An interesting fact about myself is that 
I can play the bagpipe. And my dad keeps saying that we descend from the Celts, because we're from Galicia in Spain. I have always had a book crush on Damon from the Lux series, uh, because he understands bookworms like me. My next book on my physical TBR pile is The Bro Code by Elizabeth A. Siebert. And on my wish list, I have Intisar's upcoming novel, The Theft of Sunlight. Hello, I am Nick and I am read by Ray over on Twitter and Instagram. And my blog is readbyray.com. I have been a book blogger slash bookstagrammer for over a year now. And it has been such a great ride. I love studying historical texts. That's what I'm currently doing. I'm currently reading a historical book. And my favorite book and character is Nahri from the David Ball trilogy, which is my current all-time favorite series. And I love Nahri because of her mind and just how she's written. I think S.A. Chakraborty did an amazing job in writing that series. And my next book for my TBR pile is The Fallen Kingdoms because I've been shouted at to read that immediately. Hello everyone, my name's Laura and you can find me at A Thousand Lives and More on Instagram or A Thousand Lives Free on Twitter. I'm always so stumped when it comes to giving an interesting fact about myself that if I have to say something it would probably be that until the age of seven I spelt my name with a P. Uh, I have no idea why but I apparently used to just slap a P in the middle of my name and if people asked I would tell them that the P is silent. My all-time favourite book will always be Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins. That book for me is like when you watch a really scary program and then have to watch an episode of Friends straight after before you go to bed if there is any chance of you sleeping that night. If I have ever read a really heavy book that has made me cry, I will always come back to Anna straight after to make me feel better. Next on my to be read pile is Holly Black's The Queen of Nothing. I waited until the paperback came out to buy it so that all my editions matched on my shelf and now I am just procrastinating as I don't think I'm quite ready for the trilogy to end. I may have to just start from the beginning and read them all over again just to prolong it a bit more. Hi everyone, my name is Vanessa. I am bookishly underscore V on Instagram and Twitter. I used to have a fear of horses and then, you know, this year started and then uh, I thought, oh gosh, I can't do anything. But uh, in my area, there was this equestrian stable and I popped in and I conquered my fear of horses. I love Holly Black. I will cry right now just talking about Holly Black. But I really love The Cruel Prince and The Wicked King. And I think Queen of Nothing came out maybe a year ago. I haven't finished the book because I'm so terrified of leaving behind one of my favorite fantasy worlds. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to get into it because you will never hear the end of it. Next for my to be read pal. Oh my God. I have like 150 books to read and it's November. So I, that's not happening. <laughs> but I'm almost, I've almost met my Goodreads goal so that's good i haven't read any fantasy this year i don't think so alien to me like i think i'll give serpent and dove a shot as a fantasy lover this is embarrassing to admit that i haven't read serpent and dove by shelby Morin, and i cannot wait to read it i've heard so much Hi everyone, my name is Romana and I'm so excited to be joining you on the podcast today and to introduce myself as one of the newest ambassadors for Hot Key Books. Um, so a little bit more about me, I'm a book blogger based in the UK and I blog over at Rooms the Reader. You can also find me on Twitter and Goodreads at Rooms the Reader. So if you'd like to talk all things books and be friends, then 
yeah, feel free to give me a follow. So an interesting fact about me, which is also book related, is that I can read almost inhumanly fast. I think the most books I've read in a day have been maybe five or six. Yeah, it's not a bad problem to have as a book lover, of course. And yeah, one of my favorite books of all time has got to be The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern because it's so beautifully written and will just totally transport you to another world. And I think we could all use a bit of that sometimes, if not a lot. <laughs> um, and the next book on my to be read list is A Reaper at the Gates by Sabatai here because um, it's part of the Emperor Quartet concluding this year with the fourth and final book so I'm just trying to get up to date with that series before it finishes which I'm so sad about because I love it so much I would definitely recommend it because it's a totally immersive just wonderfully written fantasy quartet so yeah that's me and yeah hope you're having a great day Hi everyone, my name's James. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at BookFaceJames. Uh, my favourite ever books are the His Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman. I think the worlds that he creates within them and the story that he tells are absolutely mind-blowing to me. When I was younger, I loved revisiting those books. Um, Lyra was such a ferocious heroine who I absolutely adore. And just thinking about the ending of The Amber Spyglass always makes my eyes well up with tears. Um, I'm also a huge Disney fan and the half of our house which isn't filled with books is filled with lots of Disney items and we had our honeymoon in Disney World. I can't wait to go back there someday soon. Next up on my TBR are How Much of These Hills is Gold by Pam C. Zhang and Heartbreak Boys by Simon James Green who is one of my favourite YA authors at the minute. Hello, my name is Finn and I run Evidently Bookish, a book blog that focuses on uplifting, promoting and supporting diverse fiction. You can find me on Twitter at Evidently B or on Instagram at Evidently Bookish. From a young age, I taught myself to write with both hands after I told a little white lie and have since kept up the practice, so I am a self-taught ambidextrous person. Picking a favourite book is a dreadfully hard task, but one of my favourite books this year has been Pet by Akwaiki Amezi. I think there's amazing skill in the universality of a book that transcends age ranges. This book is beautifully written and has such an important message. It also centres a transgender main character who is selectively verbal and is written by a non-binary author. Next on my to-be-read pile is Crier's War by Nina Varela a young adult sapphic fantasy novel. Hi everyone, my name is Ben Odero and I'm a content creator, writer, and reviewer. You can find me on all social media channels under Ben Reads Books. When I think about one interesting fact about myself, the first thing that springs to mind is that I've been able to play three instruments since I was a kid, but I've never been able to master the flute. For some reason, it's beyond me. And when I think about my favorite book character, most recently has to be Binti from Nadima Okorafor's novella collection, Binti. Honestly, it just blew me away learning more about her character, just seeing her discover her own culture, and just really get behind her motivations. It's a fantastic read, and honestly, I think it's going to be my favorite book of all time. I enjoyed it that much. I'm currently reading The Burning God by Arif Huang, but I think my next read is going to be Ray Bearer by Jordan Ifueco. I've heard so much about this book from my friends over in the States. I really want to dig in, and I can't wait. I'm so excited for you to hear our Ambassadors Book Club. This month they're discussing everything The Cruel Prince by Holly Black, so I'll have to say that there are some spoilers hiding in this episode. 
If you haven't already read this book, skip to the audiobook now, or pause this and go and read Holly Black and then resume the episode and thank me later. I'm Olivia from the pop culture channel That Fiction Life, and I'm joined by my fellow hockey books ambassadors. Hi, um, I'm Laura from A Thousand Lives and More. Hi guys, I'm James from at Bookface James over on Instagram. I'm Patricia, uh, you can find me on Instagram at what makes Patri. Hi, I'm Nick, and I'm an Instagrammer over at Red by Ray. So if you're not aware of what The Cruel Prince is, it's the first book in the Folk of Theatre series by Holly Black, and it follows Jude and her two sisters who have lived in Alfheim for many years. They're trying to navigate living in this land full of menacing fae, and it's primarily a story about political intrigue and these morally ambiguous characters. So we all read this book as part of the celebrations for the King of Elfame, which is a brand new book from the perspective of Prince Carden. So the first thing that we're going to do is, requested by Patricia, is to do the Kiss, Marry, Kill game, which she created as part of this reader song. So do you want to go first, since this is your game? Okay, but you know, I'm really curious to have a conversation with you about your choices. Okay, so, um, I mean, I think that I chose uh, Vivian as my character to kiss. Um, yes. Because I kind of like understand uh, where she's coming from with her hate towards Madoc. And she's kind of like that sister that you always rely on. Um, so she's definitely what a character that I really like. So why not to give her a kiss? Uh, <laughs> and I would marry Carden just because, you know, <laughs> I don't think that it needs an explanation. And to kill, I found myself wanting to kill a lot of people, and I don't tend to be a violent person. I didn't want to kill Terin because I didn't want to make Jude sad, but I did find myself wanting to kill Locke towards the end of the book. I mean, most of these characters you want to kill anyway, which is the fun, I guess. <laughs> I always laugh when they say that this book is about the cruel prince, as though there's one, but there's about ten of them. True. Yeah, definitely. All the characters in the story like match each other perfectly because everybody's ruthless exactly it's in their nature yeah okay laura what are your choices um so i've changed my mind a lot and have given it too much thought um i would kiss carden because it's carden i would marry the roach um because he you wouldn't die like he would teach you how to stay alive and then i would kill valerian i am 100% with jude on that one nick what are your options um, I would marry Oriana because she just seems like the most sensible one. <laughs> like, um, I would uh, kiss Jude because yes. Jude. Um, and I would kill, oh my god, Narcissa. Probably she was so annoying. Um, but Loki as well. Then Cardin at certain points. Like, I wanted to kill all of them at certain points, but probably Narcissa would be my murderer. Do you mean Nicasia? The, what's her yes, Nicasia. Did I mispronounce her name? No, Narcissa, I think, is Draco's mum. Yes, but you wanted the exact same thing earlier, Nick, don't worry. <laughs> I keep doing it as well because they're really similar yeah. names. Cardin's evil girlfriend person. Yes, I like her hair. That's the only thing... I think yeah, I like about cool. her. She has blue-green hair at that party at some point in the book. Yeah, I think she's going to become even more annoying as we go deeper into the story, right? She does. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I should have put her on my kill list. I mean, I 
personally, you're all going to come for me again because it's the Maddox situation. I think she's an interesting character. She's I evil, agree. but she has these layers, you know, where you kind of, well, not necessarily understand her per se, but she's definitely intriguing. I see. I don't know if it's because I'm not as deep in the story as you. I kind of like halfway through the Wicked King, and so far, I just want to strangle her. So oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> I just think she's an exciting character. I always go for the crazy ones. You all know this by now. No judgment. What was your choice, by the way? My choices are that I would kiss Maddock, okay? And we all had a whole full-on discussion about this. But hear me out. First of all, I think he'd be really good at it. And secondly, he's an interesting character. You know, I don't think that just because someone is a villain in a story, that doesn't mean that you can't like how they are written. And I think he's written so, so well. Then I would marry Carden obviously. I've been calling myself Mrs. Greenbrier for about four years now, so <laughs> it's fine. And then I would kill Locke because I honestly will never get over this betrayal. I think it was just so conniving and not in an exciting way, like when Maddox does something insane, but just, it was the pettiest thing in that whole book, and so he can die in a hole somewhere. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. The Maddox thing, like, like I see what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? He did a horrible thing in chapter one, and we all hated him immediately for it. But this could have easily been a Cinderella situation, and that is the biggest thing, because yes, he may feel this honour to take the twins in, as well as Vivi, but he didn't have to treat them well like he did. Yeah, it's true, it's true. I mean, I don't know if you guys can see the chat, but some of our readers <laughs> see your point as well, Olivia. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, we can start a Maddox fan club. I'm so down. I think you need to work on, on us for that, though. It's okay. By the queen of nothing, I would have convinced all of you. <laughs> a month is a long time. Yeah, we'll be Maddox fans. <laughs> I'm not a fan per se. I just think he's interesting. Anyway, who hasn't given their choices yet? So, I... I haven't read these books before, so this is based purely on the quilt prints. Uh, I would kiss Cardan because he seems uh, pretty sexy and I'm on a <laughs> human. Um, I don't really want to marry any of them because I don't really want to spend a long period of time with any of the characters. But I went for Vivi and then we can move back to the uh, mortal world and yes. leave them all behind to their terribleness. And I would kill Locke, as many people would. A lot of people yeah. kill, killed Locke. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not going to have any uh, fan club. No, <laughs> I don't no. think so. Totally agree about uh, Nicosia as well, though. Mm. Uh, I think she is, she's really intriguing, especially as I'm reading The Wicked King. Yeah, she's awful, but, I, you know, I want to know more about her and what's going on there. Definitely. Right, so the next part is we're going to discuss some favourites. So first we'll start with favourite characters. Um, so I'm going to go with the Roach again. I just think he's an underrated character. If you're starting a Maddox fan club, then I'm going to have a Roach fan club. <laughs> Uh, I just love him. And he gets better. He just gets... Keep with it and he gets better. No, I do agree. I think he's definitely underrated in this whole series. He's just lovely. He's the only one you can actually like throughout the whole book. <laughs> James, yeah. who's your favourite? Uh, I cheated a little bit and, including the roads, went to the Court of Shadows as a <laughs> as a whole. I just like the, the whole mystery and, and not really knowing where they're, they're from originally and what's going on. And I don't know if you find out more through the books, but if not, I think we should be sort of spin-off about how they all came together. Great, they're very interesting and it was a cool spin introducing them to the 
introducing this whole secret group. Yeah, I like the bomb. I think she's really cool. But I think Oriana is my favorite. I just like that she's kind of gray in the sense that you don't really know what her motives are. But at the same time, she's the elegant character, like the elegant fae. In my mind, she represents that. And I just liked her. All the characters in it are a bit evil. But she's like evil for a reason that I think will be more discussed in later books. But yeah, she's my favorite. So Laura and James are creating that fan club. You are clearly obsessed with Oriana. (laughs) Patricia, who's your favorite character? Not original at all, but I'm going to go with Jude. Yes, I queen. (laughs) (laughs) I think that uh, she's a very interesting character for me. Um, She's very resilient. I still cannot think how she went from hey, my parents have been murdered, to let me adapt and try to survive this brutal thing. Yes, I agree. I often forget that she's human because she blends in so well. When she was, like, going back to the human world and she was like, oh, I don't know how to be human anymore. I kind of, like, deep level connected with her. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. I just think any scene with Jude is so unpredictable because she is so ruthless you don't know whether she's going to stab someone or have a civil conversation (laughs) but jude is also my choice of course i'm so obsessed with her in case you couldn't tell someone actually just said that jude is their favorite female protagonist and i agree okay so we have a jude fan club yes we have a Rihanna one and what was it roach slash yes the bomb slash maddock yeah. Is a ghost in your choices, James, as well? Uh, yes, all three of them. Okay, so, you know, we have several fun clubs. Yes, me too. I, I love how passionately we all feel about different characters. Mm. <laughs> okay, the next part is your favourite scene. Does anyone have a favourite scene? Um, so mine is, do you know when, um, I can't even remember the specific details, I just remember it being tense. But when Jude realises that Taryn and Locke are together, you just don't know what she's going to do. And then she just challenges her to a, a duel. Like, who does that? I love that. Uh, I wish I, I was cool enough to do that. Just throw down my glove and challenge someone to a duel. Especially it being your twin sister. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. Loved it. I suppose that goes back to her, you know, she she very much lives a fey way of life, doesn't she? Because that's not the human response. I hope not. The fey response, you never know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the fey response. Like we were saying before, she fits in and, and you forget she's human because she's so part of that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, what's your favourite scene? Their first coronation, mm. just because of the utter carnage of it all, really. We all have to say on that one. It's just chaos, and I loved it. I know, it was literally... Has anyone seen the Kingsman film, the first one? Yes. You know the church scene? That's what that yep. reminds me of. Mm-hmm. It was just so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That coronation scene was just so unexpected. Like, you don't really expect people to die in YA books, and especially yeah. so many of them so brutally, and when it happens, you're like, oh my god, what am I reading? Like, what's going on? So I really enjoyed how unpredictable that chapter, because after that, like, all the stakes were just lifted, and you didn't know what was going to happen, like what Holly Black was going to throw at you, so I liked not knowing what was coming. Definitely. Patricia, what's your favourite scene? So I'm between two of them, and they're like, I think that they're like minor scenes within the book. The first one would be that massive note that, that Jude finds with her name. Like super intensely. Um, <laughs> oh, he hates me so much, and I was like, just, just you wait, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I think as well the moment when Valerian dies. 
I was just like baffled by the whole scene of like having to put him under the bed and nobody questions absolutely anything in the house. I just loved it. I was just like, it's so unfathomable for me that yeah, it became one of my favorite scenes. And not only because Valerian died, but because of the whole thing of hiding him under the bed. I loved your whole downfall of reading that scene because I've never heard someone have such strong opinions about hiding a body under the bed. I think it's because, you know, like, I come from a household where you breathe and my mom knows that I've breathed, right? So I think that if I murder someone and I hit them under the bed, my mom would be the first one to find him. I kind of love how she was like, oh, it's fine, I just hit him under the bed, go on with my business, come back and you know, tackle that problem then. I loved it. It was very good. I think you're also creating a hate club for Valerian. <laughs> you just seem really passionate about his murder. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Carden is being mean and he has, like, his intention behind all his actions. But Valerian, he was just like, he needed to die. That reminds me of the scene where Taryn and Jude nearly drown and Carden was the one to put an end to it. And reading it, immediately from the beginning you think he's just getting bored of it because he's so indifferent to everything but then you kind of realize you know his actual intentions for wanting to stop it yeah i feel like he put up a facade yes he was doing heinous things but i think it was more to do with his image rather than valerian and nicasia clearly were just enjoying it if you see what i mean yeah, and of course the reading from Jude's point of view, we only see the actions from her eyes, so we cannot see any reasoning behind them. It's just how she interpreted the interactions. So then when you go back and you're like, oh my god, that didn't mean that. Um, it's kind of like emotional. You go through emotional sessions throughout the book. Yes, I agree. Okay, the next question is your favourite character dynamic. Laura, who's your choice? Okay, so it's about the roach again. I'm going to make t-shirts. <laughs> And um, so when Jude is going to like do all of her business with Maddox and she comes back and they're all playing cards and I just love that. Like with Carden, who's supposed to be their prisoner, he's untied, has a drink in his hand and he's playing cards. Yeah, they just take him in and I love it. Iconic Great. scene, I agree. Money's between Maddox and Jude. Um, I think it's just, it's unpredictable. You don't know who's going to do what. It's obviously going to run through the whole trilogy, this sort of mm -hmm. twisted father-daughter power battle relationship with so much hinging on it for everyone in the book definitely so yeah and i think it's just so well written you just feel that tension between them all the way through i'm gonna bring it back to oriana <laughs> um it's gonna be oriana and taryn i just like that like taryn was her protege she was just like i'm gonna teach you everything and how to be like a fey lady mm -hmm. but i enjoyed maddock and oriana as well i wish we got more of their scenes i don't know i just feel like they were kind of like they're only equal in each other's eyes like maddock thought he was better than everyone and oriana thought she was better than everyone but they kind of treated each other equally so i enjoyed their dynamic definitely agreed um, Patricia, who's your favourite? I'm going to be an original again, and I'm going to say Jude and Cullen. I just, you know, there was so much tension all the time between the two characters, and I just felt like the scene that Laura mentioned, and playing with the cards when he was supposed to be, you know, tied up and all that, I just kind of felt like he was just doing it to piss Jude off. Um, so I loved it, basically. Okay, so for my choice, I'm copying James. Maddox and Jude, because I think they have 
this mutual respect for each other and they're very similar in their personality. I feel like they have different goals, but they use the same tactics to get there. And I actually realized I didn't say what my favorite scene was and it's actually one with both of them. And it's when Maddox gives Jude the sword knife dagger thing that was forged by her actual father and I thought that was a really interesting way to bring it back to the human world because sometimes I think we forget that Maddox does know this whole history and he isn't trying to erase her actual parents from her life and so I think basically what James said about how throughout the book you are always so fascinated by their scenes because you never know what's going to happen This one not everyone has a choice for this but if anyone has a favorite dress or piece of clothing that they want to mention now is the time. Um so I'll go and I think it's yes. that dress that um I don't I don't think it's made it into a dress or we didn't hear about it but it was the the fabric with all of like the embroidered woodland characters on that Taryn steals from Jude. That would have made a great Jude dress and she just takes it. So that would have been my favorite dress but it never got made and I don't care what it looks like on Taryn. <laughs> she actually got in the end Jude I mean because even Taryn after making the big fuss of like oh I want that one she ended up being envious about the one that Jude ended up having so that fixed that scene for me yeah that was a good moment I enjoyed that moment yeah <laughs> for me it was anything that Oriana wears just anything because she doesn't just wear it she wears it to like the next level so tells Oak to put the crown on Cardin's head. I mean, that was just, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. You can just imagine his face. Yeah, so that's mine. I agree, that was a great scene. So I was torn between that one, so I'll pick a different one. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's Jude killing Valerian. I think at that point I felt like something's going to happen soon. There's going to be some big event in the way the plot's going. And then it was like, boom, he's dead. And hidden under the bed. And under the bed, yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> And then she very casually is like, we don't even get to see it. She just like buries him next to the shed. Yeah. Yeah. Like the normal thing that you do every Saturday. Yeah. It's just on her itinerary. She didn't really even seem that affected. Yes, it was her first kill, but I feel as though she was, like you said, a normal Saturday for her. Doing everyone a favour. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Uh, probably the coronation scene, because I'm just still like reeling from that. But yeah, probably that, because it was just so unexpected. Like, you just didn't think everyone was going to die. So that one definitely. Because it just kind of was the catalyst for everything oh. after. That was more of a book three kind of finale. You know, not a first yeah. book. Okay, Patricia, what's your favourite scene? Is it the bad one? No, actually. <laughs> I think that for me was also like the coronation, like the first one. Like, everybody dying. I was like, oh my lord, so much blood. Um... It kind of like shocked me. Like I was, re- granted, I knew what was happening with in the book because I was rereading the the first book, but I did not remember uh, this coronation at all. So yeah, it was quite shocking. It definitely was. Oh, this is everyone's favorite scene, so I think this needs a fan club as well. For me, you're all going to laugh again at how crazy I am, but. It's when Jude kisses Carden in order to trick him into becoming her hostage. 
because throughout the whole book, anytime they have an angsty scene, you think, oh, this is so sweet. Look at them being friends. And then Jude thinks about how this can benefit her. And I just enjoy how conniving she is with him. But then you feel that pull towards them as well at the same time. So that's my favorite plot twist. I like that. You're convincing me of a lot of things, Olivia, today. Wonderful. (laughs) Now, the next segment, this was Laura's idea, and I love this because we're going to put ourselves into the book, so to speak, and we're going to say what we would do in these instances. So the first is, what would you do about Dane's job offer to Jude? Okay, well, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do, and that's put a knife through my hand. That wouldn't happen. As soon as he said that, I'd be running out of the door. Did no one think that maybe, like, this isn't the greatest employer ever? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would have been, like, halfway across the sea to the human world by that point. Uh, it freaked me out when he put the geese on her in, in that scene, and he says, oh, by the way, but it doesn't work for me, so I can still command you. That gave me a heart attack. Yeah, same. I was like, now is when he tells her to just start murdering people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would do the same as Jude. I think the way it's the timing and the way it's offered is so tempting for her. That I, I think I would do exactly the same. And I think it's a shame that he died because I would have liked more of him. Yes, I think he's also underrated. Mm, definitely. Nick, what would you do? Um, I would um, try and probably do it like Jude because I don't really think she had a choice in any way because she's a human, so everyone's like, haha, I control you. But, um, like, I agree with you guys. It's just, like, all the red flags of, like, oh, no one can control you except me, haha. So, yeah, I think I would have done what you would have done, but I, I don't want to stab myself in the abs. <laughs> but I think I think I would go for it just to be safe and then not have Dane come into my room late at night and then murder me. Okay, Patricia, are you going to kill him and put him under the bed? Um, I think that that would have a lot of big consequences for me, and I think that I would also be human, so I'm, I'm gonna go with a safe choice of doing exactly what you did, although the hand scene really upset me as well. Yeah, I don't know if, if I would have been, like, brave enough to, like, stab myself, and I mean, to be honest, I think that it was the only option that she had. You have that she wants to become a knight, but you have Maddox saying, like, no, not yet, and that might never happen and I mean with all the scheming that he's doing it would have never happened so yeah I would have gone with Jude's choice I would have gone with Jude's choice as well because I think she was feeling so helpless at that point in the book specifically and it was almost a miracle his offer to join it's only me running away then everyone else is sticking it out (laughs) sounds like it I mean Jude is my favourite female protagonist and (laughs) I, I relate to her a lot not in the fact that you know I go around stabbing people but I think from her perspective that was the only thing to do as you all said and I think Dane you know he came across as all lovely and the nice prince at the time but if she said no, he probably would have killed her. Yeah, for sure. And also, Laura, if it makes it feel better, I'm staying because of Carden. Uh, <laughs> but I would run with you. Saying I'm staying because of Carden as well. What would you do if you found out the truth about Karen? Um, so Locke is such a slimy character that I think being married to him is punishment enough. So I'd just step aside and let it happen. Yeah. Oh, she does. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, on my notes, I've just written destroy lock in any way possible. <laughs> situation. You're going to pull a Jude with the Valyrian situation? Yeah. yeah. I would, um, I don't know, because I feel like it's more of a betrayal of Taran than it is of Locke, because, like, Locke doesn't really matter that much to Jude, yet they are, like, together, but Taran's, like, her, like, twin. Like, they've been through everything together, so I probably would have, like, um, beat up Taran um, as Jude. <laughs> Because she deserves it. And then I would try and kill Locke, but like try and dress up as Taran, pretend to be Taran, and then try and kill him. Yeah, that's what I would do. That is the most psychotic answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, remind me never to mess with you, I'm, I'm in Jude's mind, so I kind of have to be. Not even Jude went that far. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that I'm along the lines of what Nick would have done. You know, for me, the, the betrayal comes from Taryn, because she's the sister. Boys come and go. So I would probably have started by slapping her. I have on my notes. And then from there, I don't know, it would depend on how the rage was happening. But it would definitely not have been quiet. I'd probably dabble in some poisons because what Tarin did, I think, was worse than what any villain does when they're trying to burn down the world. Like, Mm. you all said that Tarin is her twin. She's supposed to be the closest person to her because Vivi, although she's also their sibling, she's half-faced, so she doesn't fully understand this world and uh, the world of humans, I mean. Whereas Karen, oh, I just will never get over that betrayal. Yeah, I didn't like that either. She was presented at the beginning of the book like the good sister, the one that she's quiet, she follows the rules, she's like a lady, she does all these things, and then she stabs you in the back. So, yeah. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. Honestly. And I don't know what I would have done with Locke. Probably just pulled a Jude again with the whole Valyrian thing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a plan. Just don't hide the one with the bed. Actually, know. no. I know what I would do. Because now we're best friends with Cardin at this point, you know. He's he's joined our little spy gang. I'd just recruit him. And he can help me get away with it because he's part of the royal family. But aren't they friends? Would, they, would he go with the plan? Yes. I think he would because I don't think Cardin particularly likes these people. I think it was a convenience friendship. I see. Okay. Okay. Plus, 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 let's not forget how good Jude is manipulating him. So I think she can get it done. I mean, if I was Jude, (laughs) obviously. So the final question is, which character do you think had the best character development? Um, so I think it has to be Carden. I mean, you can't go from hating someone so much to having them on your kiss section on Kiss, Marry, Kill without there being some kind of character development. And it, it just goes on. Like, when you read the other two, you'll understand. Uh, I think after the first book, I would go for Jude from that very first scene where, where her butler gets killed by Maddox to where she is at the end. Like, it's just huge. You know, it's obviously a setup for the other two books, so there's a lot more space for the other characters to develop as well in those which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think Jude probably is because her strength is just so highlighted throughout the book. I was going to say Oriana, but then I saw Oriana didn't really change, so I couldn't get the <laughs> um, So, uh, yeah, well, I could say Oriana because admirable that she didn't change through everything that happened, like the craziness, but Jude probably because just her strength is just so insane throughout this book and everything she had to do to kind of, like, protect herself, especially after Taryn betraying her and she realizing she's, like, truly on her own. Mm-hmm. I think I think Jude. Okay, Patricia. So I also think Jude has the best character in a 
uh, because for me, she started off as the other sister, good sister, you know, why, why are you not doing what she does? She seems to be going along with everything that is happening. And then we think that the bad people are the fae, when in reality, the betrayal comes from home. So for me, that was a massive character development. And I was not expecting it when I read the book for the first time. Definitely. I think Taryn is interesting in her own way. Like, I don't mean to discard her completely, because again, I think she's written very well, but I just feel hatred for her that I don't feel for any other villain in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's family, you know? I'm going to quote Supernatural here. How can you do that to your own blood? Like, it is the fact that, like, it makes me think, like, well, if you're willing to do this to your sister, what are you going to do to someone that is not family, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Vivi is such a great sister, and I don't think we were expecting that because at the start of the book, she's not seen as an outsider per se, but again, she's half fey. She's the one that doesn't fully understand Taryn and Jude. They're supposed to be the close ones, yet she is the better sister in every way. Yeah. Even as a 14-year-old, she tried to kidnap them. Well, not kidnap them, but save them from the Feylands. You know, like this little child is trying to save her two twin sisters. I mean, they weren't even grateful, but let's not. It's not gone there, but you know. <laughs> For me, the best character development, of course has to be Cardin because I think of course from Jude's perspective he was this evil prince but in the background he was dealing with a lot of stuff you know everything with Belkin and everything we learned about his character at the start I thought Dane was he was like one of the cool royal family members I like to mind that he he's got rest of peace state. I agree. Because from Jude's perspective, he changed the most, I think, out of all the characters. Yeah. Yep. You know, it would have been interesting if he hadn't died to see how his character could have gone from the coronation moving forwards. Um, mm. Because for me, he was one of the characters that didn't know if he was leaning towards being the good or the bad guy. So it would have been interesting to see what would happen. I agree. I think he had more of a story to tell in a way because when he betrayed Jude, it was such a bombshell that I don't think people knew what to do with that information. Yeah. yeah. Like, I felt the desperation when she found out all the secrets and she's like, what? And I even found myself, like, talking to Jude, saying, like, so what do we do, girl? Come on. <laughs> Get the dagger. Yeah. Come on. You can do this. <laughs> Okay, so those are all the prompts I have. Does anyone have questions or anything specific they want to discuss? Patricia, you said you had some questions for me. Yeah, it was about your relationship with Maddox, you know. My relationship? (laughs) (laughs) It's a relationship now. Come on, Olivia, you know this. Listen. Um, (laughs) It's just because... You know, I told you, I, I said that I said at the beginning of the call, like, I can see him as a father figure. So I kind of want to see at what point you stop seeing him as a father figure. Oh, and... on page one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was really easy, you know. When he murdered those two people. <laughs> no, no, she didn't ask when I liked him. She said, when did I see him as a father figure? And I didn't. So <laughs> I think when I began to see him less as less of a villain, is when he gave the sword to Jude. Because I think it changed their dynamic. So when that scene happened, 
I kind of thought, okay, so he's not just this assassin that came to murder their parents and left them off, you know, to fend for themselves. And I think he's just fascinating. He makes such calculated decisions. And someone in our group chat said the other week that he's not threatened by strong women and i think that's so true see i agree with you but you know i read the same thing and i didn't go like let me kiss him you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm not judging i'm just curious (laughs) i just think he's nice deep down we we know what's happening to to ariana it's okay it's okay ariana's the best (laughs) he he doesn't have to be married any longer it's just because i don't want to marry him i just want to kiss him I'm marrying Cardin. True. Yeah, but he's married to the best character, so you know, double points for him. Yeah, and I was going to say, Olivia, I think you have to fight a lot of people to uh, choose to marry Cardin as well. So, I don't know, maybe we can do like a Hunger Games situation of who gets to marry Cardin. Oh, yes, very good. I know how to shoot arrows. Okay, so Olivia gets to marry Cardin then. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, we give up. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I honestly thought that Jude and Cardin would be the main focus point of this conversation, but I'm so glad we all have really weird opinions about all of the characters. There is nothing weird about loving the roach. <laughs> Laura. I mean, you best character. It. It's okay. <laughs> Thanks. You know, now that I'm going to go into like the second book, now I'm going to see Oriana differently as well. Me too, definitely. Yeah. Yes, I'm so happy because like Oriana more <laughs> <laughs> No, I definitely do. Someone's brought up a scene where Jude witnesses Cardan being hit, which I think is a key bit in the book as well, isn't it? But we haven't mentioned. Yes. Oh, yes. I was expecting Jude to like come out of her hiding spot and stop the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even mentioned Balekin once. Oh my god. I, you know what? He's one of those characters that you just want to forget. Like, he's a waste of space. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said um, that Maddox's description is not really handsome, but I think I'm drawn to his personality. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Isn't he green? Yeah, he's green. Yeah, right? he's green. But Cardin has a tail, so it's okay, you know? It's fine. <laughs> but for some reason, the green situation is not okay for some people. I think he also has, like, some horns going on, or is it just me thinking this? I think it's Oak that has oak horns. Has oh, yeah. yes. He, he's really cute, though. He is oh. so cute. Actually, the all the scenes with Oak and Jude I found so precious, but then you see um, Oriana in the background kind of thinking, oh no, she's going to kill him or something because she, you know, she has this predisposed opinion on Jude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but Jude's reaction sometimes was a bit weird because she was like explaining to you from a victim point of view. She always thinks that I'm going to do something and then she would just like start yelling at Oriana like... I'm not going to kill him. And it's like, yo, that was a really big mood swing. Kind of like baffled me sometimes. Her thought process and her actions were like so disconnected sometimes. I agree. She's a very chaotic character and I think that's why I enjoyed reading from her perspective. Yeah, definitely. Okay, anyone have any last questions or plot points or characters they want to discuss in the chat as well? Feel free to shoot any questions. I mean, I could talk about Oriana all day, but I don't think we have <laughs> enough time. So, 
I think I've finished. I'm going to plan your wedding because I feel like Thank at this point. <laughs> yes. Invite us all. Everyone's coming to my Oriana's <laughs> wedding. I'm the roaches plus one. Of course, yes. Yeah. We don't test ourselves off one of it. So, oh, sorry, he's talking about the relationship between Carden and his brother, saying that he was the, the only one that took him in. But I don't think that he really cares about Carden at all. He was just like, I have to take care of my brother, because if not, it looks bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Someone said a fairy rebel wedding, of course. Can you imagine the outfits? Laura, you can make that dress. Karen doesn't steal it first. <laughs> oh, he's dead, it's fine. Someone killed <laughs> it in the game, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, I think so, right? I can't remember who, but it was thrown around. That's fine, then. Yeah, yeah I think one of the people in the read-along killed her, so you're fine. <laughs> and I'm taking Maddox off of Oriana's hands, so it's okay. Yes. <laughs> Bye, Maddox. This is playing out, like, really well for everybody. Didn't intend to create the ship for me and Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just dug myself a hole. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late now. Sorry. Your obsession. It's not an obsession. That's Nick. Your love. But I'm also obsessed with Carden. I don't mean to switch sides in the game. Okay, so thank you all so much for listening to our book club discussion about The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Make sure to check out The King of Elf fame. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Hotkey podcast. We would love it if you could rate and subscribe and spread the word to all of those YA fans out there. You can find Hotkey Books at Hotkey Books YA and at Hotkey Books Teen on Twitter and Instagram and at Hotkey Books on Facebook and YouTube. Our audiobook this November is the inimitable How the King of Elfame Learned to Hate Stories by Holly Black, the Queen of the Fae herself. A little bit prequel and a little bit sequel, this new instalment in the Folk of the Air series follows everyone's favourite bad good boy, the High King, Carden Greenbrier. This, he demands, looking down at the waves far beneath them. This is how you travelled. What if the enchantment ended while Vivi wasn't with you? I suppose I would have plummeted out of the air, Jude tells him, with troubling equanimity her expression saying, horrible risks are entirely normal to me. Cardin has to admit that the ragwort steeds are swift, and that there is something thrilling about tangling his hand in a leafy mane and racing across the sky. It's not as though he doesn't enjoy a little danger, just that he doesn't gorge himself on it, unlike some people. He cuts his gaze toward his unpredictable, mortal High Queen, whose wild brown hair is blowing around her face, whose amber eyes are alight when she looks at him. They are two people who ought to have, by all rights, remained enemies forever. He can't believe his good fortune, can't trace the path that got him here. Now that I agreed to travel your way, he shouts over the wind, you ought to give me something I want. Like a promise, you won't fight some monster just to impress one of the solitary fae, who, as far as I can tell, you don't even like. Jude gives him a look. It is an expression that he never once saw her make when they attended the palace school together. Yet from the first he saw it, 
he knew it to be her truest face. Conspiratorial. Daring. Bold. Even without the look, he ought to know her answer. Of course she wants to fight it, whatever it is. She feels as though she has something to prove at all times. Feels as though she has to earn the crown on her head over and over again. Once, she told Cardin the story of confronting Maddock after she'd drugged him, but before the poison began to work. While Cardin was in the next room, drinking wine and chatting, she was swinging a sword at her foster father, stalling for time. I am what you made me, she'd told him as they battled. Cardin knows Maddock isn't the only one who made her the way she is. He had a hand in it as well. It's absurd sometimes, the thought that she loves him. He's grateful, of course, but it feels as though it's just another of the ridiculous, absurd, dangerous things she does. She wants to fight monsters, and she wants him for a lover. The same boy she fantasized about murdering. She likes nothing easy or safe or sure. Nothing good for her. I'm not trying to impress Brian, Jude says. He says I owe him a favor for giving me a job when no one else would. I guess that's true. I think his presumption is deserving of a reward, he tells her, voice dry. Not, alas, the one you intend to give him. She sighs. If there's a monster among the solitary folk, we ought to do something about it. There is no reason for him to feel a frisson of dread at those words. No cause for the unease he can't shake. We have knights sworn to our service, Cardin says. You're cheating one of them out of an opportunity for glory. Jude gives a little snort, pushing back her thick, dark hair, trying to tuck it into her golden circlet and out of her eyes. All queens become greedy. He vows to continue this argument later. One of his primary duties as the High King appears to be reminding her she isn't personally responsible for solving every tedious problem and carrying out every tedious execution in all of Elfheim. He wouldn't mind causing a little torment here or there of a non-murdery sort 